Hey everyone, welcome to the Soulful Eclectic. I'm your host, Diana Collins, and I just want to welcome you back. If this is your return visit with us, I want to say thank you for returning and spending your time with us, uh, with us, with me, um, and also everyone else, right? And also, if this is the first time you're visiting, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for selecting um, the Soulful Eclectic to listen to, to be a part of your day or your moment at, of time. Uh, so, with um, that in mind, I want to greet you all with love and light, and may you all find peace and protection on these days. I know we're in some tumultuous times that are going on now, and I just know that it's affecting all of us mentally, which whatever affects us mentally affects us physically at some point, but just take that time out to um, rejuvenate yourself, your energy, your chakras, and just recenter and then just tackle the day and just do the best that you can. One of my favorite mantras is I can only do my best um, when it when I can do better than I will, right? Uh, so I'm present with everything that I do. I'm mindful with the things that I do. And sometimes we fall short, but you know what? The part of mindfulness is you acknowledge it and you do better, right? Each day you do better. So today I have with me a great friend that I just met who, um, yeah, she's just become that person that we, we have great conversation. So with that, I'd like to introduce Dr. Renair Amen, and um, she is known for Pink Love. Uh, she's a Pink Love specialist, and she's a speaker and educator for trauma, um, especially trauma in relationships, sexuality, and religious faith uh, based trauma. So, um, without further ado, I'll introduce Dr. Renair Amen. Thank you so much for joining me. It's uh, definitely a pleasure. I mean, I, I mean, I love chatting with you, so it's just easy. I know. <laughs> we get started. It's like old friends. Exactly. I think we're friends in the past life. Exactly. Like, we just bust it up. <laughs> it's like we just pick up from wherever we left off, and you know, no one. People who wouldn't listen to us would think we've been friends forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I like, I love relationships like that. I, I have some friends that be like, oh, hey, strangers, been along, all that stuff. And I'd be like, stop. Exactly. It's like, I ain't calling you, you ain't call me. Exactly. And we're not strangers. We know each other. Let's do something else. Stop being passive-aggressive. Right, right. <laughs> right, let's change the verbiage in our greeting, please. Let's not do that. <laughs> right. All right, so... I have with me today, um, you know what, I'm just going to say, a good friend, because that's what we are, okay? It's like, um, I, I'm, you know, we met each other, and we chatted up, and then it's just been that, and I think every time we have a conversation, no matter how quick or how um, long, and, or via email or whatever, it's always something that is fruitful, Right. Um, I think we take something away from every conversation that we've we've had together. Um, so and it hasn't been that many. But you know what? That's how valuable and how much quality our conversations are. Right. Um, so without any other um, ramblings from me, I have Dr. Renier Ammon. And did I pronounce that right? Amen. Amen. I like to th that. Me Amen. That, that that New York Amen, right? It's <laughs> 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 like always say the long A, not the short A, the long A. <laughs> like you know, Hallelujah, Amen. Amen. So it's, 
Right, right. Um, but she is um, has you have your own podcast, Pink Love, right? Yes, it's all about pink it's love. It's all about pink love. And you're an educator. You do form, uh, trauma-informed education, right? Um, relationships, mm-hmm. sexuality, religion, all those things. And these are all things that we all face, especially now during this these you know tumultuous times that we're going through where um, everybody's culture, religion is on the foreground of being uh, reconstructed and destructed. I, I don't know if that's fair to say, but um, I, I, from my perspective, that's what I see because of the chaos that we've been viewing on MSN and CNN and Fox News and things like that. But um, yeah, so I would like you to share you. So first off, tell us a little bit about who you are. So, yes, I am Dr. Renee Amin, and outside of titles and anything else, I am simply Renee. I am known as the Pink Love Specialist, and I am all about having conversations that relate to healing the heart. So that's how Pink Love came to be, because I'm really, even in my personal life with my friends, I'm always like, so... What can I do to support you? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I have probably been that way since I was a child. Mm So it's it's weird because I walk in many different lanes. Like I'm probably one of those people that's a jack of many things. I I can't say I'm not a master of any, but I do do various things. But they all are around healing. Mm-hmm. So they still have that one, that, that motif, that, that motif of healing. I can't get away from it. I could be jogging down the street and there's something healing. Well, of course, there's something healing for my body, but right. <laughs> it, still has to, it, it, it still shows up in some type of healing or nurturing way. So that's me in a nutshell. Well, okay. And that's a lot. I mean, because there are layers to that. Um, and, and that just that's quick synopsis of your description of yourself. Now, you said there's something healing about just being out and, you know, doing your exercises, running and things like that. But in that in that time frame, and getting to that point, what led you to be that person that that drove you to that healing? What part of your authentic self brought you to recognize that you are that natural healer? Well, let let me rewind just a second and say I use jogging as an analogy. Anyone that knows me knows I haven't jogged around a thing in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) If if I can be honest, it would be trauma. Okay. You know, I am a survivor of many things. I'm a survivor of family tragedy, of sexual assault, addiction, domestic violence, that, that, that. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, I, I had trauma, childhood trauma. I was adopted and I found out in a very painful way 
my adopted father passed away when I was very young and other things took place. So I think that deep down inside, I became a person that wanted to fix things. Mm. I wanted I, I wanted people around me to be okay, even though I wasn't. And so, you know, I always share with people, today I have a doctorate of ministry, but I dropped out of high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I went on to get my GED and, and then started my academic journey, but it was very, it was later, it was later in life. Right. It was not the typical experience. And so for me, there was just a part of my, my, my walk that I just wanted to make sure everyone else was okay. Even the people that may have been part of my trauma. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I just wanted everyone to be okay. Cause I, I, I think now looking back and going through some of the deeper work that I've gone through, I, I believe that if I could make everyone else okay, mm-hmm. then it would make me okay. Because if they're good, then they don't have a reason to not be good to me. Right. They, if they're good, they won't harm me. They're having a great day, then it won't backlash on me. Right. right. Yeah. And that wasn't the truth, of course. <laughs> right. But as a, as you know, as a as a younger person, that that's we that's the way that the mind might grab it. Mm-hmm. Like if I can make it okay for everyone else, then it'll be okay for me. Right. Right. So those situations is, is what we call um, out in the world. And I'm sure you're, you're versed in this as well, but I'll share with everyone uh, adver- adverse childhood uh, experiences, the ACEs. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we share these because we all come with some sort of ACE in our life. Uh, there's a whole ex- uh, like test you can take online for it. And I think my score is like a six or a seven. And with that, um, it, it, it tells you whether or not how well you are able to cope with things and that you have a level of trauma that you bring to situations, right? So the person you are now shows your resilience, and by you saying you didn't graduate from high school, you picked yourself up later in years, and now you're a doctorate in ministry, that shows your resilience and right? in, in the traumas that we, we face in life. And one of the things that we talk about on both of our podcasts and series is that our traumas are a part of us, but they don't make us who we are. They're a part of us, and they they are... I don't know, branches in our trees, but the mm-hmm. leaves and, and, and it feeds it, the roots that feed it, it doesn't determine which way the leaves go and which way the leaves grow and how big it grows. That's all up to you and what you do with it. I don't know if that makes sense. I just pulled that out of somewhere, but, um, right. But it's, 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 it's still, we can't get rid of it no matter how hard we try. Right. And, and that's something right. you were trying to do by helping other people that were harming you feel better. You were trying to take that away. Yes. And, and I, you hit something on the head. You know, it doesn't always go away. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I hear people say, I got to get rid of it. And I feel like there's a, a place of transmuting it. I don't know if it goes away, but I do believe that you can take some of the things that you've gone through and transmute it in a way to to create a level of healing in your life. It becomes motivation. It becomes your testimony, part of your foundation that you get to step off on. You yeah, know, right. not the, the the thing that keeps you down inside your story. Right. Right. Um, one of the things I like to say is my test to my testimony. Right. Right. Exactly. Because, you know, it, it's, again, it's a part of you and you can't change it, but you've learned to mold it and build on top of it. And you built something that is greater than what is part, what is part of. Right. Because you do have to, I have to acknowledge that part of, the safety of being in my story and being in my trauma was comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I allowed to prevent me from doing things. I can't do this because this happened, or I can't do this because this happened or that happened. And truthfully, you know, I, although I am older now, I still have moments mm-hmm. that I have to, 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 to check myself and go, whoa, Right. This feels like something. Right. And that's you being mindful of those triggers, right? Because we have to mm-hmm. igno- we have to acknowledge them. And we 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 grow up into in a society where we're told to like you said, mute it. Bring it down. You move on like it doesn't exist, but it does. It does. And we bring these to our relationships either intimate mm-hmm. or non-intimate. We bring it into the workplace. We bring it, we put it on our, our significant other, our children. So we have to address this. And, and, you know, how have you, what was your journey like addressing all these things? Well, I spent some time in a mental institution. So that was great. Oh, wow, right? <laughs> Being a, being a black that female in it, absolutely <laughs> being a black female in an institution. What? Right, like when I say that, people get real quiet. They're like, well, I, know. I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> "I don't know what to say to that." mother 
Mm. So here was this space of never feeling like I belonged anywhere. So I had this real need to belong mm-hmm. on this quest of finding love, finding someone to love me. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I just thought everybody lied to me. Right. And having my first, uh, not my first, I want to say my first loving experience mm-hmm. not go well. And then what I thought to be this mature love, this, this, you know, I'm 12. Right. I don't know. Right. right. <laughs> and then I come across a sibling of a friend of mine and then that turns into assault. Mm. So very early, I didn't have the emotional meter. Like I didn't have the conversation. I'm sure that there's like medical terms that, 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 fit these categories but I tend to talk layman because I don't want to say something and someone misses it we we appreciate layman terms and (laughs) because you know like just I try to speak in not inside of a language of an industry I like to speak where people don't have to necessarily grab the dictionary to figure out what I'm talking about absolutely absolutely so with that, I don't know. It all that that's where it started. That's where the thread started. That's where I can honestly go back through almost every relationship, friendship, love ship. I almost said a different word, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna keep it PG. <laughs> <laughs> um and I can find that thread of needing to belong needing to be loved and in, in some of the, the most um, painful dynamics, even my dynamics in, in church and mm-hmm. business and leadership, just that need of validation, of approval. And it has cost me a lot mm. over, over time. And I don't, re- I, I don't even regret, but I'm just more aware of it now. Mm-hmm. Because it built you. It's Again, it's one of those things that are part of you. And we have to go through those hardships, right? Um, and and right. even though we, we choose not to and we try to avoid them, sometimes it's hard to avoid because it's part of our growth, our evolution. Oh, absolutely. God will lay you on your back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. God, you know, your higher power, however you identify the God of your understanding. God will lay you on your back. Yep. My mom used to say, uh, she still does say, you want to hear God laugh? Tell him what you have planned. <laughs> yeah, you will, you will look up and really have to deal with yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you have that moment uh, I, I I told somebody once, I used to tell people I wanted to date me. Yes. Like, I wanted to date somebody like me. Someone, because nobody understands me. I need to date someone like me. Yeah. And my pivotal life change was finally dating someone like me. And I was like, oh, heck no. No. <laughs> Ooh, you got some work to do, honey. <laughs> Ooh, isn't that the truth? And I just, and that frustration that started to come with that, and I was 
It's like, okay, let's let's reverse this. Let me change me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, bring it back. Put that put that back. Mm-mm. Oh. Mm-mm. But that's and it, it made me reevaluate my life. Right. It that's a real moment right there. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I had the like I think we talked about this, but I had the realest moment um when I turned forty and my then fiance uh, you know, I f- found out she was cheating on me with someone she worked with and, um, you know, all these things. And and we were friends for 30 plus years. We went to the school together, elementary school and high school together. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you had that bond. And the realization moment came when I looked in the mirror and I found I was actually in my car getting ready to follow her to this other woman's house and do all these, you know, crazy things that is totally, totally out of my wheelhouse, out of my personality. And I looked in that mirror. I said, you fool. I said, other day, I I had, right. I had, (laughs) I was, it was going to be a complete, um, Carrie Underwood, right? That's her. She bust the windows out of the car, flat the tire. I had the whole scenario going in my head. And um, it was at that moment that I looked at myself in the eye and I said, you can't do this. This is this is not you. First of all, I love the color orange, but I don't want to wear it every day. I'm not trying to go to jail for somebody. <laughs> Right? My brother told me one day from a real honest place. We were, I was acting up. I was younger. I was acting a fool too. I was hustling. I was doing some other things. And my brother just pulled me to the side. I said, Kia, because my first name is Lakia. He said, Kia, let me tell you something. You can't do nothing in a prison but teach GED. You are not built for nobody's prison. So <laughs> sit yourself down somewhere and get yourself together because all you can do is teach a class. Exactly. That's it. That's it. And it was at that moment that I said, I have to change this. I have to reevaluate. I said, I'm a grown woman. There's a grown, Mm -hmm. educated woman. There's no reason that these thoughts should even, or I should allow someone to to bring me to that space. Right? So it was that Mm -hmm. point that, you know, I just said, I'm changing. I'm, I'm changing me. I'm doing better for me. Um, and it was at that point that, you know, God, the universe brought me my husband, right? We weren't dating. Mm -hmm. He, he was actually my former student, right? Uh And (laughs) right. And he, you know, I just was like in that place and it, it just transcend from there. And I was like, wow, God, you, you just really just bought me this person. And it was like that. He's been there that whole time. You just were busy with stupid. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You were busy with that stupid part. and you had to get rid of that and, and be done completely with that before you were able to really see clearly. Right. So, yeah. And that is, and I say that because that's kind of what that moment that you had reminds me of is that clear moment where I have to reevaluate me. Yeah, and, and here, here's the here's the ha ha. 
like so I do trauma informed work you know I, I deal with spiritual traumas specifically for the LGBTQ plus community but in addition I am a certified master coach I'm a relationship wellness expert mm. go <laughs> like, girl this is something that, like I marry people I mediate couples I help people get ready for relationships get out of relationships like this is my work oh good because then I have had some of the worst relationships because I wasn't right. I I had not healed things mm-hmm I have not healed things. And this is not anything against my past partners because they might have had some things they had to address too. But because I had not healed things, I either caused things or allowed things that on a regular day, now I absolutely would not. Because again, having that need to to be loved, that need to belong, that need to be part of something. Mm Mm-hmm then it just, I couldn't, when you have, like we talked about trauma, when you have unhealed trauma, it gives you a different filter. So when you see things from a certain place, you may not realize that it's not healthy. Like, I I hear people want the crazy love and the this, that, and the third. Mm. No, you really don't. No, you don't. No, you really don't. And you don't really have to have that. No. And I think when I got had my first relationship that was not full of some type of drama at some point, I thought something was wrong with it. Yes. Yes. You're looking for the ball to drop. It's like, this is too good. What's going on? Right? Right. Or, or if, you know, because I thought if you're not arguing, if you're not fighting, that means that they don't love you or something is wrong. It goes back to that childhood experience. Because exactly. that's you can what have you. a disagreement and it not be a fight. Yes. Yes. And it'd be okay. But you exactly. But it you doesn't find... mean it's the end. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean they don't respect you. It just means that in this situation y'all have a difference of opinion and that's okay. And yes. And you know what? And in your relationships you're still going to be tackling that. You're still going to be uh, faced with that because those are your triggers from past um, dealings with relationships. And I see that in myself, in my relationship. My husband and I have only been married four years of going on five years. Um, and we got married, honestly, like really quickly, six months after we were dating. He proposed to me and then we were married six months after that. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. but it it goes to show his definitive feeling for me and, um, my, you know, just kind of, let's jump at it. Let's do it and see where it goes. Kind of attitude. That's what I had in my, I'm like, I love you, but you know, let's see where it goes. Who knows? Right. <laughs> I, I, I've done worse. <laughs> I know it's a bad way to look at it, but you know, I've done worse. So why not? There's no such thing as good or bad. Nope. It is how someone, that's where someone's perspective is. I, I was on the other end. I was, I had been moving quickly. And so after my divorce, I just was like, oh, I need to take a minute. Like, right. we're going to have to, we're going to have to like slow walk. 
we have to turtle it right. to the next point. So hence, I dated the person I'm currently with. We dated for a year before we even said we're in a relationship. Like, see, I, see, I was the complete opposite end. But again, that's what that's what worked for me this time. Right, because I was still clear that while I'm while I'm while I'm in my healing process, I don't want to bring you. I don't want to bring you what I've been through. Right. But you're still going to have those moments, which is, you know, those triggers that I was talking about, because even I still have those triggers and he still have triggers from his past relationship that we both work on um, individually and together. And that's one of the things I wanted to say is that when you're in a relationship, either dating or uh, married if you are choosing to to extend that relationship and build and continue to build that bond, you have to continuously work on yourself and work as a, a unit, right? And work as a unit yep. because even I mean, just a couple of months ago, we had a huge blowout over paying a bill that was paid, but because we didn't move money fast enough in the accounts to to minute it. it kick back life issues right real mm-hmm. real life stuff and then it's like it became this big trust issue right like i can't trust you to do this and it's like oh wait how do we get there how do we get right. there and it was that right. that's was his past experience coming into play and then by that response, it triggered something in me. It's like, oh, wait, so we're, we're doing this now. So right. you had to take, and, and it took us both stepping away and thinking about it because neither one of us wanted to say anything to her, you know, that was going to cause damage, right? So you step, right, you, you can't undo words. No. You can undo things. You cannot, un- when you make that, I'm a Virgo, so I can be a jugular fighter. Like, I'm clear mm-hmm. that I can say that thing that your whole soul comes rising up outside, right, right. outside of your mouth. But <laughs> I'm, I've learned over the years that there's no, sometimes you can't come back from those things. Right. So I often have to take a breath and go, okay, so do I, do, do I want to be right or do I want, or do I want to heal? Yes. Because if I, I want to be right, then I'm going to come at this from a different way. But if I, if I want us to have an understanding and, and, and to heal whatever is happening, then I might just have to, you know, bring the tongue in a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. And that's a real struggle that we have within us. And I know people's like, oh, you know, there's no difference from you being from this place and this place. If you're from the East Coast, our, our tongues are wicked. <laughs> okay. I I don't I don't care what anyone say. We are wicked when it comes to throwing words. And like you said, we lash at you and we go for the jugular. Because Yeah, I'm from Philadelphia. See? But I, I think I think it's I it's, think it's too how you how you how you Where you I wasn't a fighter. Right. Like, I wasn't a fist fighter, but I, so I had to learn how to make sure my words protected me. 
See? And it got me in some situations. Like, I've had a couple of, you know, knockdown drag outs. Mm-hmm. And I went to Christian school, so that was definitely not the place to have a knockdown drag out. But- oh, that's why we get along. <laughs> so did I. Like, what the heck? You should have saw those people's faces as I was calling the guy that I was fighting. That was the <laughs> child of God. They was like, get her! Get her! <laughs> My mom was like, Tia. Oh, At it again. Whenever my first name, because Remare, I started using my middle name as I got older. Mm-hmm. But my, my my mom just had this way of saying my first name. where it As mothers like do. <laughs> and I just knew that she was so disappointed in me. Like, it would just be like, Kia. Like, like, what were you thinking? And I'll be like, I don't know what I was thinking. You know? Right, right. <laughs> It's that it's it's that it's that way moms can do, and unfortunately, this generation's parents really don't have that knack that our parents have, and and maybe we have with our kids that we can drop a few octaves, and they know we mean business, and we don't even have to lay hands, right? So um, yeah, I think we that had look. we had the look, right? <laughs> Oh my goodness! And now I remember my mom as she was taking her grand the grandkids to church and stuff. She she couldn't do the look. They 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 kind of just like oh grandma's looking at me kind of thing. So what she started to do was um, pinch them on the back of their hair with a uh, what we call the kitchen, <laughs> right? <laughs> she would grab. Them. You said the kitchen. <laughs> Oh. So can you break that down for the people? I am. The I was here ready to, but I couldn't stop laughing at myself. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who don't know what the kitchen is, um, well, Renee, are you going to get me in trouble on this podcast? Seriously. Um, <laughs> My woman laughing grabbed her in the kitchen in the kitchen like, how did that happen? right you can totally see that they're trying to visualize that in the church how she grabbed them in the kitchen right <laughs> gosh so the kitchen sorry okay so the kitchen is that area in the back of your 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 neck where your hairline is and you know for those of us who have curlier hair um your hair curls up back there and, and when your parents comb it it hurts right so just imagine somebody pulling you at the the hairline way at the back of your neck and just pulling at that that hurts and it gets your attention really quickly so um my mom did that to the grandkids a lot in church because they would, you know, talk and, you know, do all kinds of things that they're not supposed to. And uh, she's a deaconess and, you know, does the, uh, what is that, Sunday school and things like that. So she's got to be, you know, the grandkids have to be at their best behavior um, when in service. So she would, oh my gosh, I don't know how she did it, but she would just, all of a sudden you hear her go, and it's like, whatever, she got them. (laughs) So that's what the kitchen is. (laughs) So just envision. Go, that sounds abusive. Grab them in the nape of the neck. Like. Right. No, no, no. It's just the hair. It's just a little piece of hair that she gave a little tug just to let you know, just to bring you back into reality um, that you're in a place of God and you need to behave yourself and keep quiet until it was time for you to, you know, leave service. 
nothing harmful. I'm not judging. My mom pinched. She, she <laughs> side pinched. Oh, she side she pinched. She <laughs> thigh pinched. She thigh pinched. Like, she pinched. I don't know. I, I don't know how she managed to. She had, like, the, you know, the strong hands. Mm-hmm. You know? She managed to grab the, the meat in the thigh. She would pinch her thigh. It would be the, the feeling oh. of disaster in the middle of service because you couldn't yell out. No, no. You couldn't yell out. <laughs> you couldn't do anything but sit there and let the tears <laughs> well up in your eyes and roll down. You couldn't even do the, the right breath. You had to sit there and take it and all the time and God forbid you were near near the front because then the pastor's so, looking at you because he knows you got pinched. Right. He knows you got pinched. Right. And you know, and, and everybody around you knows. So after service, you know, the good Sister Thelma uh-huh. or the good whoever walk up and say, I saw you acting up. I saw your mother have to pinch you. You got to do better. Right, right. Now so the whole church is in on the fact that you got pinched. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, that, that tribal, uh, that tribal caring, that, 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 you know, um, the tribe takes care of the family. Everybody knows everybody. Oh, Lord. Um, but, you know, those days were great, even though we we, we, yeah. we we laugh and we kid about it. But those were the best times. They really were. And, and yeah. it's, it, they're gone. Kids these days will never know what it's like to have the neighborhood look out for you. Right. Right. It, it's, it's, I, I think about when I was growing up, my, my mom and my sister and, and, and would always talk about the way things were. And because, you know, I was adopted into that arm of my family. My sister was 18 years older than I, mm-hmm. you know, was and am because she's still with us. Mm-hmm. And so, I would hear her say, well, yeah, because back in, you know, when I was growing up or back in the 70s, y'all get it and this, that, and the third. And now I find myself saying that mm-hmm. when I'm talking to people younger than, than I am because I'll be 46 this year. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and if I'm talking to someone in their 20s or early 30s or whatever, I find myself saying to them, life is different now. Yes. Yes. And I like we, we went outside and well, I wasn't allowed to necessarily play with everybody. Me but either. I there were moments <laughs> when I was allowed to go outside and, and, and run around and and just it was different. It was. It was freeing. It was freeing. Right. And now these kids have it different because now they're they're in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. Yes. Right. They're learning how to learn at home on computers instead of just playing their video games on the computers. Right. Looking up YouTube videos. Now I have to learn and listen to my teacher. This is not fair. Right. So there's no um, I, I, I've been having this real conversation with people. There's no start and stop to the day. Yes. There's no break between. Unless you, you're a person that has to leave the house. And, I, and I, I know that this conversation is specific to the region in which you live, because not all parts of the United States are shut down right. or locked down or things like that. So I do want to add that. But I will say Northeast, 
Mm-hmm. Like up here, mm-hmm. there is the I I notice the difference mm-hmm. as a as a as an adult. I can't imagine how that shows up for a child oh. or a younger person. Right, and then as parents, we we have to learn to listen to those the the that voice of our children because they're telling us that they're stressed. And they need an outlet. They need some a change. They need a some place to vent, some some different reorganization of their new structure. Right, and yes. what we're finding is that as parents, we're not we're not listening. We're not listening, or we're not listening effectively. We're we're picking and choosing what we're listening to, right? Um, and with today's pandemic and both of us working with people and with mental health and things like that, um, we need to have that grounded structure within ourselves for us who are working from home and also our children who are learning from home. Right? Yeah. Building those... How we we do relationship now is different. Mm -hmm. Whether it's parents to child... Uh, mate to mate, family, mm-hmm. you know, family dynamics, how we do relationship now is different. And that's a whole, we, that's, we could be three or four hours. That's a whole nother conversation. Right. But people have learned between the pandemic and the new movements that are happening on the political front, people are learning things about those that they are connected to that they never even thought about. Yes. That they never even thought were possible. They're learning who their friends are, who they aren't. Mm-hmm. They're learning what it's like to go from barely seeing your mate to seeing your partner all the time and how do we function with that because I really don't like you enough to be in the house with you for 17 hours, you know? Right, but, right. People are learning so much about how we do relationship. And I don't think that we were ready for that lesson. Oh, no. We were just really thrown into that, weren't we? Right. And so even the work that I've done on the relationship front relationship with others or relationship with self because Mm -hmm. when I speak about relationships I'm not just talking about interpersonal I'm talking about within as well Mm -hmm. and so the conversations that I've started having with people are different there are conversations around you know will I meet someone this pandemic has shown me what it's like to be by myself and Will I live my days out by myself for couples like, hey, I thought I liked him and I really don't. Yeah, because you I get... really don't and I don't know what to do with that or we don't have anything in common. We have no intimacy. Like there's a gambit of conversations that are happening and they're different. So I always, you know, I said that I, I wonder how that has affected other people that I know that work in relationships and we sometimes get in conversations around that this this whole past year mm-hmm. has made us have to deal with relationship a lot different oh yes oh yeah and and that's oh my yeah um I, I just think my husband and I spent a lot of time together so this pandemic really did not um 
affect us as it did for, for many others because we already spend 90% of our time together outside of the time I spent when I was in the classroom teaching and things like that. But other than that, our time was spent with each other. So this is not any, you know, it doesn't throw my life into turmoil um, as it does for others. But I do see how it impacts others as far as the increase in awareness of domestic violence, right? Yes. Um, And I say it that way because domestic violence has always been there. Um, but now we see it more outward because people are home with their victimizers longer and they don't have mm-hmm. that escape. So we're seeing an increase on that being um, reported. Right. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not and I don't I, I don't I, I don't want to skew the numbers, but it's just more being reported than has been in the past. It doesn't mean that it wasn't existing, but now um people are reporting it more because now they've had that time to really acknowledge what's happening to them. Yes, it's, it does, and that's a big... I, I, I belong to an organization here in New York that does uh, domestic violence work. As I said earlier, I'm a survivor, and so I often come into the conversation of uh, LGBTQ intimate partner violence, mm-hmm. which as another layer... Uh, you know, to the conversation. And we were having a, a, a class last month, and that's what we were talking about. Just there's the level of escape. Mm-hmm. Like there is none. No. You know, and the, the added factors of, God forbid, the person, you know, the victimizer or the abuser or whatever ter- term a person may use, uh, they got laid off mm. or they dealt with some other type of, of life stressor. Mm-hmm. You know. It, yeah, that's a whole conversation it, 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 in itself, right? It's so large and it, it, it's so much of a bigger conversation. Yes. But, you know, I just want to add and I'm sure anyone, you know, you share the same sentiment. Like if you're out there and you're listening right now and you are finding yourself in a situation, you know, feel free to reach out to get some help, yes. get some assistance. You know, I'm, I'm in there, I'm in everywhere. You can reach out to me and I can direct you to services in your area so that you can, you know, get some help. You don't know, have to journey through that by yourself. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I started the podcast to, to make the community aware of their resources and um, and be a resource for individuals because we are at a loss. People are trying to find ways out, ways to help themselves. There's a lot of people that are out there that are doing some self-discovery. Um, and with that self-discovery, it does mean that you're ending relationships with intimate partners. You know, people have been married for 25, 30 years. And like you said, you find you don't like the person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, that person doesn't yeah. fit your life anymore. So now it's time to sever that relationship and move on. And those are hard things to do. And sometimes oh, you, yes. right? And you sometimes you need someone to talk to, to um, to help you as you transition to this new new lifestyle, right? Um, right. 
and 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 do it from a place, especially if it, if you're coming out of a an abusive relationship, do it from a place of safety. Because it's, it's always about being safe. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, between myself and Renee, we have a, a list of resources for everyone. And again, like you know, Renee said, it doesn't matter where you are in the region. Um, we're definitely able to assist any way we can. Um, and Renee is going to leave her information so that we can um, share it out with everyone. And also, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll have it also on the webpage so that it's available so that we all have a list for our community. I absolutely do not mind. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, because that's what we're doing. We're building a community. We're healing the community um, one person at a time is what I say. If I can touch one person, if something Renair says can touch one person, then we have done our job and then some. That's right. Right. People think, oh, you got to, you know, thousands of people, one. One. That there's a ripple effect. Absolutely. I set out to do one. And sometimes that one person might just be me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. It doesn't say who the one person has to be, but it just has to be one person. Right. That's right. So, yeah. So if we can just touch one person, um, then we've done our work that we set out to do on both a mental and physical level, um, because you have to take care of mind, body and soul. Uh, if the mind is not enriched and the mind is not healthy, you impact your physical health. And this is what we try to stress to the community. Absolutely. And having healthy relationships with starting with self and with others is part of that. And we want to strengthen those relationships. And sometimes you need help. So take the opportunity to reach out for uh, counseling services, therapy services, um, life coaching, whatever. Talk to someone, all right, because we've, as you heard us in our conversation, we've been through the gamut and then some. We have several layers to ourselves, and um, like I tell my kids, I wasn't born this way. It was work. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it was the second and third shift, I tell you. I know, right, right? <laughs> And I just told someone yesterday, they's like, okay, you, you're almost done with your doctorate. Now what are you going to do? I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to go into to do holistic medicine because that's something I like too, right? So, <laughs> plant-based medicine. I, the only reason why I'm not going back to school, school is because I already owe Sally May and them a mansion. Like, I, <laughs> I, I owe them figures plus. Isn't so, that like every... Unless someone's paying for me to go, I'm not doing that. However, I, I never stop learning and I'm always looking at, you know, That's different it. classes and certifications because you don't you don't get this far and then go, I know everything. No. And you can't. You can't. You can't. And and that's the beauty of us being humans and having a brain because we can keep learning and keep striving to be better and better each day. And that's what we want to share if there's a free class to take take it it doesn't hurt to learn anything and then once you learn something disseminate that information send it out to the community tell one person that one person is going to tell somebody else that's what 
we are striving to do. Grow. Exactly. Just grow. Right? So I, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but because I can keep talking to you and keep talking to you and we can go on so many other conversations. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll come back again. I'll come back oh. when the film comes out. I'll come back when the book comes out. I'll come back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, because I will keep having you back and keep having you back because I know we can definitely have several different conversations and um, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you bring to the podcast, I appreciate what you bring to me as an individual, um, because, like I said, with every conversation that we've had, I, you know, we've learned each something about each other, and just it just keeps growing from there. So I I feel like there's a lifelong friendship that we've created, and we're going to continue to cultivate on one level or another. I we'll be con- we'll definitely be in touch. I I'm not worried about it, so I ain't going to go any further. I agree with that. <laughs> I the feeling is absolutely mutual. You know, I joked before we before we started about knowing each other from a past life. Like, I, and sometimes you meet kindred spirits that you feel like you've known all your life, yeah. and so I definitely feel like that whenever we get up on a conversation because we're doing this for the podcast but our conversations the last three four hours it sure enough would <laughs> and it's like we're looking like you know what we got to get the heck off the phone <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> we shut down construction already around me <laughs> right 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 <laughs> i know we gotta let her get back to work over there so <laughs> so with that i i would say thank you so much i appreciate you much love and light always and like i said if you were here i give you like one big hug and say thank you you are um you know what you're my sister and that's 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 how it it, it is and um it's a relationship that's going to continue to grow so thank you much love always, my dear, and I, I definitely will be in touch, and we will be doing this again because um, as we were sitting here, I wrote down so many things that um, we're going to discuss in the future. Absolutely, and I thank you, and for anyone listening, you can find me. I'm Renair. I'm in R-E-N-A-I-R-A-M-I-N on every social media platform. My website is uh, pinklovewellness.com. And so if you want to stay connected, we can stay connected that way. But I will be back. And uh, I'm just grateful that God has uh, allowed me to meet you through Chris. But I'm, 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 I'm so grateful that Chris saw fit to make the introduction because it's been such a blessing. Absolutely. And Chris is definitely a, a blessing. And they'll be back on, too, because... They got so much going on. I don't know. So we got to check in with Chris, right? <laughs> Make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And if you guys are wondering why I'm referring to Chris as they, then Chris is non-binary. And I think we discussed that when Chris was on. Um, so uh, just to kind of clarify that, because I'm not talking about several people. And I know some people who are learning how to use the proper pronouns um, can get confused. So that's the proper pronoun for Chris, they and them. So that's what I do, right? That's what we do right here. That's what we do. That's what we do. Um, but thank you, and I will be in touch. Like I said, love you tons, and please, uh, I'll be texting you and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So um, now that, <laughs> look, now that I have your phone number again, because, <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> anyway, I'm insane. <laughs> Listen, folks. She was doing her best this morning. I was. I really was. You know, and hey, thank God for social media because I don't know. I've been sitting here waiting, like, and hearing crickets. <laughs> Never that. I was like, hello. Hi. Are we still Maybe doing this? <laughs> I know. It's insane. Um, but you know what? That's, that's, that's the real world, and that's what we do. It's. I can't be my authentic self if this is not who I am. And this is not who I am 100% of the time. <laughs> well, I would say this before we go, because I know it's almost time to go. I, I, I cut the light on and forgot that I, I had sat in the closet and almost freaked out. So that's how I know it's time for me to go. <laughs> Yeah, you let's get you out the closet and get me out the closet too. <laughs> so yes, guys, we're both in the closet right now. <laughs> and it's not figuratively, we're really in the closet. No, a, a literal literally we are in the closet. In the so. closet. So um so this broadcast is really crazy but you know what that's the fun part of it being a podcast it's real it's us and you never know what you're going to get from episode to episode so with that vaya con dios and i will see you guys or listen or hear or whatever i don't know um one day you'll see me but in the meantime you know where to find me oh my gosh